0: the cover crop strategies podcast i'm sarah hill associate editor what if you could do more in 2022 TerraSim by new leaf symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology to increase yield improve nutrient uptake and achieve stronger roi and is now available in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans to learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsym.com slash 2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. Today, I'd like to introduce Jim Denise, a grower from Park Hill, Ontario. Jim will be talking with us about a little bit of what he'll be sharing during our soil health panel, at the Fall 2021 National Cover Crop Summit. Welcome to the podcast, Jim.
1: Hey Sarah, nice to be here.
0: So uh, to start us off, give us a basic overview of your farm.
1: We're a mixed farm uh, in Southern Ontario. Um, we farm about 10 minutes from the shores of Lake Huron. Uh, we're surrounded by the Great Lakes actually down here. We're a cash crop, uh, to finished swine. Uh, we do some seed sales for regional Actually, came seed company called Mazex Seeds, and we do some custom work as well.
0: Okay. How long have you all been farming at that location?
1: Uh, my dad's been here since, uh, what was it, early, mid-70s, um, when we moved from the other side of town, off Home Farm, and I joined in here full-time around 98.
0: Okay. Uh, my brother
1: and dad are still still here.
0: And how many total acres is included in the farm operation?
1: Yeah, we're right, right about an average size cash crop farm for this area.
0: Okay. And then um, which types of cash crops and cover crops do you <clears throat> grow then?
1: So we're primarily uh, corn, soybean, and wheat uh, rotation um, and cover crop. We're, we've are we been running a multi-species mix uh, for the last eight years, primarily oats, cereal rye, daikon rash, fava beans, kale, turnip, uh, sometimes we're throwing some crimson clover or rapeseed and phacelia. Uh Kind of depends on what uh, we're trying to do with the cover crop on a given field.
0: So uh, do you all have any livestock then as part of the operation?
1: Yeah, we're feral to finish swine. Um, so yeah, we got lots of lots of pigs here.
0: Okay, very good. So you mentioned that you all have been using cover crops for eight years, what was your motivation to start using cover crops and how long did it take you to make that transition
1: actually we've we've always dad's always used cover crops i was always um, the go-to was red clover frost seed into the wheat uh, the winter wheat in the spring um and he's always done that we weren't really happy with the establishment we're getting it was pretty variable and you couldn't really rely on a, a decent stand um come wheat harvest uh so we started looking at other ways we could uh improve our cover crop stand uh since we're one-third corn bead weeks rotation um we always want something growing on there so we, we started messing around with just oats uh and we liked what we've seen at the time we were doing a little more conventional tillage uh, we noticed right away that the uh, oats the ground with the oats on it started it tilled up tilled up a lot nicer it was a lot looser and, and uh loamier and just it smelled a lot nicer so um from there we just progressed into incorporating different things into our mix. Um, and we went to we've always been no-till on our, our beans and, and uh, wheat and uh, the last eight years we've moved to a strip till. So we'll let that cover crop mix grow. And then uh, September, October we'll go in and strip till and lay all our fertility down the strip for a, a full three year rotation. Um, and we'll just leave the cover crop green over winter. And uh we'll desiccate in spring at planting time. And that's that's kinda since we've been doing for the last oh five to eight years here and uh we've been pretty happy with it.
0: Great. So um what changes have you seen in the soil health on your farm that you can directly attribute to using cover crops?
1: Biggest thing and it was one of our always one of our goals is erosion. Uh we've essentially eliminated erosion. We've got uh, certain number of fields that are quite erodible of uh, steep grades. Um, we're primarily uh, a clay loam soil base here, uh, but we do have some farms that are, are have some quite sandy knolls, and uh, that's that's where you can really see it. Just sitting on your porch, you get a windy day, I can see a lot of sandy knolls on some of the neighbors' farms. You see it, it blowing away, and then there's nothing moving on our farms as, as well. With uh, when you have some of the big rain events we've had lately, um, there's no real real erosion or at all to find where we have the cover crops planted. So it's working great for that. Um, lot better soil aggregation. Uh, we used to have issues with crusting on the clay soils after planting, we get a rain. We've basically eliminated that completely with uh, moving to cover crops. Um, better water infiltration. So the water's not sitting around. And I mean, that's a lot of compaction the macro pores are creating. More resilient soil refining in extreme uh, dry and uh, wet conditions. Crop seems to hang in there longer, that's probably due to better water holding capacity in the dry and and what water filtration in the wet um, times. We find equipment carries a lot better too, especially in wetter falls like we've been having the last few years. Uh, we can go in with the combine and grain cart and uh, if we'd be in conventional, we'd be dragging mud all over the place and we know it's with the cover crops and we have that mat and that root mass underneath the ground, it really holds equipment up well and we're not covered in mud, our, our tires are still clean, there's, there's no dirt clinging to them. so. A lot, of, a lot of big advantages we're finding with it.
0: Great. So you mentioned that um, combating erosion is one of your goals for using cover crops. Are there other goals that you are pretty specific about what you want uh, to accomplish with cover crops?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's uh, probably the two other main ones would be, um, oh, we're looking to um, cycle some nutrients. Uh, from our hog manure so we spread about 2 million gallons of swine manure a year and uh, we are primarily doing that in the spring before we planted the corn but we just found huge year in there and it's wet in the spring here so we're probably causing some compaction issues and sometimes you get in there and then you get a, a heavy rain event for like two weeks and being this close to the Great Lakes I mean we're pretty conscious of, of where that's going to end up a lot of times we don't want it going down to the lake so I mean from the aspect of getting you full utilization of nutrients out of the corn crop, it, it might make sense, but um, there are some down downsides of doing it in spring. So um, we are looking at ways to utilize that manure after we take the wheat off when it's when it's good and dry and being able to cycle those nutrients into for the corn crop next year. So we'll either spread ahead of planting a cover crop or right over top the cover crop. Um, and uh, it's been working quite well actually that way. And then the the other Goal we're trying to achieve is is building our soils. Um, so we've we like I said we've always been no till um, beans and wheat, and then now with the strip till corn and the cover crop, um, we found a no till in the past. It's really really helped us maintain our soil organic levels and and um, soil health. What we had, um, but when we add cover crops in the mix, we're finding that we're moving on to actually building the soils up and improving them uh, rather than just holding on to what we had. So those are, those would probably be the other two main goals.
0: You mentioned that capturing nutrients is is one of your goals. Have you been able to make any changes to your fertilization program as a result of cover crops?
1: That's where we ultimately would like to, to go with it. Um, we have been running, uh, we have been planting usually, you know, a pound, pound per bushel of, of corn crop on our nitrogen rates. Um, this year we've dropped them back probably to about three quarters to 0.8 pounds per bushel and have um, about halfway in harvest here and we're seeing phenomenal yields. I mean that has a lot to do with the environment this year, but um, moving forward, I think we're going to run more more tests on that and uh, run a full rate and part rate. Um, so so we're in the process of, of trying to see how that'll work. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something we want to look at.
0: Okay. So when during the growing season, do you prefer to seed cover crops and which, which species are you seeding uh, at different times during the year?
1: Yeah, so Southern Ontario, we generally take our wheat off mid-July and uh, we plant all our cover crop after the after wheat harvest. Um, when we started doing it, we were planting it as soon as we could get in there. And uh, we found issues with that, uh, with, especially with the oats, they were getting too wiry strip till into there's just a nightmare um strip till rig didn't handle them well actually nothing well at that point but uh so we backed it off um we still till a couple weeks after weed harvest so we're, we're looking early august now well second week of august we're planting um and we find that it that gives us a chance to go in and spray off any parental weeds that are in there as well as any volunteer wheat that comes up after harvest because the volunteer wheat can be be a big detriment to to the strip till um, especially when you're dropping straw you get that heavy heavy area of, of wheat growth in there um, and we find we still get especially with adding manure we still get more than enough uh growth on a cover crop before we for it uh, certain species winter kill um and then uh yeah as far as it we plant all the species at once with a with a disc drill um, pretty much do it all at the same time
0: Okay so then um have you seen any changes in weed pressure since you started implementing cover crops?
1: Yeah um I think uh probably most people know about uh Brian how does a bit of allelopathic effect on on certain weeds. uh one of the the big upcoming issues in Ontario is uh fleabane or, or mare's tail um so we find that, uh, with the cereal rye in there it really does help control that. Um, we are seeing a bit of a shift in weed species though. Uh, we're finding, you know, more, um, perennial sow thistle and, and perennial Canadian thistle, as well as more foxtails we deal with. Um, but those are both the toughest ones. And while well, we find we're also controlling other species like the flea bean. So it's, it's, there's definitely been a shift. Other than that, that's, that's all I can say on that
0: okay that's fine um so with your strip tilling have you had any experience planting green cash crop into that green cover crop
1: yeah um so yeah with the strips we do leave the the cover crop green over winter so the the cereal rye and a lot of times the kale um and even some of the the uh daikon and turnip and and we had a real mild winters like we have the last few even some of the old survive over winter so we've got a fair bit of green there in the spring um and uh yeah when we plant the field's just green like it's depending on the field you sometimes have a hard time even seeing the strips uh between the cover crop so we plant right into that we, we try and desiccate it just ahead of planting so Uh, The plan is to have the cover crop pretty much killed off by the time the corn comes up in a a week or two, depending on uh, how early we plant.
0: Okay. So, um, how long did it take to see some of those soil health benefits that you talked about that you're starting to see? Was it was it pretty immediate response, or did it take a little bit of time to to see some of those changes?
1: uh yeah like when we started with the oats and we were conventional tilling them in in the fall uh we definitely seen higher soil tilt in the fall right away with that and then moving to later on to our strip till system um yeah just the soil aggregation and and the the amount of earthworms we have on our, our strip till ground compared to the guys that are conventional is it's astonishing like you can pick up any handful of soil and and you've got you know five to ten worms in a handful of soil it's it's pretty crazy um and yeah just all the other things like water filtration it's it happens pretty quick really it's um and actually i mentioned earlier how the mat of the mat of cover crop and fall kind of helps carry the equipment um we're noticing now after being at this for so many years that the uh, that mat of organic matter is starting to break down a lot quicker in the fall it used to be when we started out you know there'd be a lot of that left there and now in the fall pretty much the worms both it all underneath and and you'd have a hard time anymore telling the difference between uh the ones that had a huge amount of strip till at planting versus the ones that, that were conventional till that just the worms seemed to eat it all off so that yeah I just attribute most of that to the soil biological activity.
0: Wow that's amazing. So uh, you mentioned that you try to get uh, your cover crops um, killed off before the corn crumbs up. Um, how, what method do you use to terminate those cover crops then?
1: Um, the main one is just uh, leading a leading recorder of 540 active glyphosate, was the main one we've been using. Um, the odd time, depending on what weed species are present as well, we'll throw in some 2,4 D or maybe some dicamba. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy outside of that.
0: We'll be right back to the podcast. But first, I want to thank our sponsor. What if you could do more in 2022? TerraSim by New Leaf Symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology. To increase yield, improve nutrient uptake, and achieve stronger ROI, and is now available in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans. To learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsym.com 2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. And now back to the podcast. So, have you noticed any differences in soil temperatures that are related to cover crop use?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, they're more moderated. So, I think that's that goes back to part of that resilient soil thing. Um, like in the summer when the sun's beating down, when the, when the crops are smaller and they're not, they haven't filled in the rows yet, um, you're certainly getting cooler soil temperatures and you're not losing that moisture um, as quickly. So, yeah, definitely you're not seeing those 30, 40 degrees soil temperature when the sun's beating down on uh, it. And I think at night you're not losing that heat that you built up over day, so it's more moderated. And I often wondered if we're seeing more maybe soil mineralization out of the moderate temperatures. The main microbial activity that happens around 27 degrees Celsius in the soil. And if you can keep it around there, those bugs are lo- working longer throughout the day and night and and no way to prove it, but I think that's, there's maybe something there.
0: Definitely. So, have you seen any changes in your yields for your cash crops as a result of using covers?
1: Yeah, that's that's harder for us to um, determine because we kind of went all in at, at once. Um, when we jumped into this, we just went in every acre. Um, when we do do conventional, it's usually a field, we tile drain and then we have to work it up to smooth it out. So, uh, not really a fair comparison unless we did some strips and and we have done a few in the past. We found Real no difference in yields. The big difference is on our cost savings on our, our input side. Um, we're making two or three less passes easy down the field in, in a year. We're not doing that primary or set two passes secondary tillage in the spring. Um, and so there's savings there. There's huge labor savings. Um, we haven't got guys running down the field with tractors all the time. And we probably run in at least one less tractor or and smaller tractors than, than most guys farming the Mount Acres farm. So, I mean, you're saving there too. And uh, I mean that it, it, we are having we have had uh, very very good yields since we started doing this, and uh, so that's part of the equation. The other part is net income is, is what what the real important number is too. So we can't forget about that.
0: Great. So, what would be your advice to growers who are just getting started with cover crops?
1: Just don't be afraid to try something something new. Um, come up with a plan. That's, that's the first thing you, you gotta think, think it through before you even put a seed in the ground. So start with a plan and the plan starts from uh, what species you're planting, uh, when you're gonna plant it, uh, all the way through to how you're gonna terminate and uh, what you're gonna do after that, what your goals are with your cover crop, whether it's soil erosion, nutrient cycling, um, building the soil, building organic matter, um, all that stuff has to be taken into account before you even plant a seed. Um, I'd suggest starting small, on small acreage maybe Um, get comfortable with it first before you move uh, to to larger portion of your acres um, and talk to as many people as you can have done it lots of information out there these days lots more people doing it so that shouldn't have a problem and uh, some of the other things we found is with seeding rates um, when we started we were running 50 pounds down Um, we backed all the way down to 30 pretty well now especially where you're putting manure on you don't need to push those seeding rates very high You can make it a lot more economical too, Um, when you're not putting 50 pounds down, you can spend, you know, 12 bucks an acre on seed and have a a really good cover crop pitch. And don't be afraid to experiment with uh, different types types of crops and I guess just try different stuff out.
0: Okay, have you seen um, any challenges with having a short growing season up in Ontario? I know a lot of our, our growers um, also live in northern parts of the the country and here in the United States, but um, has that been a challenge for you all to overcome with cover crops?
1: No, not really. I mean, when, when we got into this, you heard a lot of guys say, well, it can't be done here. We have too short a growing season. And and I still hear that from guys that are further north. And um, actually, it, growing season isn't an issue at all. We grow... Up to 105 day corn here, so um, I guess there's lots of places in the U.S. that probably are about the same. Here we are. I guess the only issues we run into it was when we started with the strip till. Um, we terminated the the cover crop in the fall, and that that posed some huge issues in the spring with that uh, organic mat laying down. The soil wouldn't dry out underneath it, and uh, once we moved to stay, keeping it green in the spring. Um, it fixed that problem and actually we're, we're a day or two earlier on where we have the cover crop going versus conventional till. So we found an advantage having the cover crop with the shorter season, if, if anything.
0: Great. What would you say are maybe the top three lessons or takeaways that you have uh, found during your cover crop journey? Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah kind of like I mentioned before, um, have a plan right from the start. Um, what, what you're trying to achieve and and uh, what species you're going to need to achieve that and how you're going to plant it and how you're going to terminate it um, if you're going to let it over winter. So that's that's number one for sure. Um, and the seeding rate and planting date is the other one. Uh, so you got to don't try and plant too many seeds per acre because it's just going to cause you more problems down the road. And uh, depending on what you're trying to do, we found, you know, we found out don't plant too early because it, it could cause you problems as well, especially if some of those oats and stuff start going to boot um, and uh, like guys putting certain varieties and could go to seed too and just just cause, turn into a weed down the road. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, just try different things. I guess that, that's the three takeaways for me.
0: Okay. So um, where do you source your cover crop seed from? Do you grow any of your own cover crop seed?
1: No, we we haven't been. Uh, it's something we've we've kicked around just with the livestock and and everything else we're into. It's it's a time thing. Um, just to grow that that seed we need on our own. It's a lot easier to grow the commodity crop for us right now and and buy the seed in. There's a there's a local guy just a few miles north of us He's he's got a cover crop business and he actually grows a lot of his own seed. And and what he can't grow, he he brings in and he'll make me up any mix I I want. He's quite knowledgeable on on. Um, cover crops work well for what goals and uses so um uh it's uh here on cover crops named stefan zettner so he's, he's been good to work with that way
0: okay so do you have any plans to make any changes in the 2022 growing year or you know maybe a future goal down the road
1: yeah um a few different things we've been kicking around like um playing around with some of our, our nutrient rates maybe on the nitrogen especially. um Right now we variable rate everything into the strip in the fall. And then I guess the next thing would be um, our nitrogen rates are our variable rates. So we put a half our, our nitrogen rates down on the corn, um, pre-plant, and then we come back and side-dress the other half variable rate. Um, and so we're maybe looking at playing with, like we mentioned before, dropping those rates back a little bit and see if we can get away with less nitrogen, especially with the prices where they're heading on nitrogen um other things we haven't been putting um any cover crop in into our corn uh growing like in in between the rows or anything like that we're maybe looking at on our side dresser trying to put something on there at the time of side dressing so we put some uh, cover crop down between the corn rows at like a v8 or something like that um we've tried aerial broadcasting cereal rye um in september over the corn crop see if we get a catch of cereal rye that way and uh, limited success on that. So maybe try pushing that further ahead in the season and, and try actually plant it in with a culvert or something if that'll work better for us. Because uh, that's the one, that's basically the only um, acres we haven't got any cover crop growing out. Something green growing throughout the whole year is our corn stover. If we take corn off, all the other fields either have um, winter wheat growing in them or a cover crop. Um, so it'd be nice to be able to get every acre there. But uh, we haven't figured out how to do that quite yet. So it might be something we mess around with.
0: Okay, very good. Um, have you by chance looked into uh, the carbon market and uh, just curious what your thoughts are on on receiving compensation for carbon sequestration?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to get paid, paid something extra for what we do. Um, right now we're getting paid just by I think our, our increased Net income per acre, but yeah, it'd be nice to be recognized that way too. When, um, in Canada, we do have a carbon tax and it's, it is becoming quite substantial. I think it's, it's cost around 20 cents on a liter of gas and diesel. So, um, if we are sequestering carbon, it would be nice to have some come back the other way for sure. Uh, it's something I keep an eye on. There's no real established market in Ontario that I've seen. So, you know, I definitely keep my eye open, I guess. If I do come across something, the devil's in the details, I suppose, because I've heard a lot of these um, contrast guys are signing. They can't, if they do till it up for the next 20 years, they owe the money back, or, or certain clauses in there that that could harm them in the long term, um, and maybe help have them lose some control over their what they do with their acreage. So, but yeah, especially with the carbon tax here in Ontario, it's something I'd love love to be able to get some money back, um, being that we are putting some carbon back into the soil
0: great well that's all the time we have for today thanks so much for joining us jim
1: good talking with you
0: join us for the fall 2021 national cover crop summit for, on november 16th and 17th for two days of convenient online cover crop learning it's free to sign up but listeners of this podcast are invited to save 50 percent on all access registration for vip benefits With this exclusive discount, you can pay just $25 for access to a can't-miss lineup of on-demand learning sessions featuring today's most successful cover crop adopters, researchers and agronomists sharing their best seeding strategies, grazing and feeding tips, variety selection secrets, and more. Visit CoverCropStrategies.com slash summit and use discount code PODCAST25 at checkout. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor. What if you could do more in 2022? Terrasim by NewLeaf Symbiotics utilizes the power of microbe technology to increase yield, improve nutrient uptake, and achieve stronger ROI. And is now available in convenient planter box application for corn and soybeans. To learn more and sign up for the 2022 risk-free satisfaction promise, visit newleafsym.com/2022. That's newleafsym.com backslash 2022. For more information about all things Cover Crops, visit us online at covercropsstrategies.com.